Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I'm glad that you're here and I'm excited for today's show. Real quickly though, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers too. Today, you are in for a real treat. I had a phenomenal conversation with Ben Newman, who is a performance coach, author, speaker, and so much more. Ben has incredible insights that he shares on the show, and he knows how to really help people not just move the ball, but to dominate the game. On this episode, Ben and I discuss the importance of owning your opportunity, ways to be mentally strong, how adopting the Prizefighter Day mentality will be a game changer for you, and so much more, including his soon-to-be-released book called The Standard, which I'm so excited for, and also his podcast called The Burn. Ben also shares why you can't just trust the process, and throughout the episode, Ben gives you some actionable steps that you can implement in your daily life starting today to elevate your performance and make things happen. I absolutely loved, loved, loved this chat with Ben, and I know you will too. You're going to take away so much from this episode to get stuff done. You ready? Let's go. Ben, it is so great to have you on the show and inside the huddle with us. You are one of those people who just jumps right in and makes things happen. So we are going to get right into our chat. Jen, I appreciate you having me. And first off, I don't know how many people mention this, but your service to the country, how you show up every day, your energy. I really love the interview that you did with Emil Echior before the draft. And so some of those interviews that you do, I love the work that you're doing and I appreciate you having me. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. So the first question, Ben, is are you ready to move the ball? I am always ready. I knew you would say that. So you and I have been talking for a few months about doing a show together, and we were originally trying to do something around the time of the NFL draft, but due to our schedules, we weren't able to make that happen. But we're here today, and I do want to start off talking about the NFL draft because As you know, it's such an incredible time for young men that we know, that we work with, and others too, to get an opportunity to realize their dreams and play professional football. As someone who gets to work with so many of these players, Ben, what about the draft is most exciting for you? I mean, obviously for the guys who hear their name called, it's a dream come true. But for you, what about this event? What do you get personally fired up about because of the draft? A lot of the kids that are drafted, and I do so much work behind the scenes, and sometimes it does come in front of the scenes, and it might be on a camera and a picture in a story that's written. But so much of it for me is behind the scenes. And so when you hear somebody's name called, I think back to their freshman year. You know, I've been working in college football for over 10 years. So I think back to the freshman year, like the first time that I met him. I could even tell you, like hearing that interview with Emil Echior, I remember the first time Emil and I connected. It was after practice in a locker room. I remember the context of it. I see him at the combine and then you know, you get to hear like his next chapters and all these things. So you get so excited for these young men. And then the players who don't 
hear their names called. You recognize, like in a meal, that that actually creates a hunger, right? That creates a hunger and a fire and a passion, something that an undrafted player, first player I ever worked with in the NFL is Will Compton right there, ended up playing nine years. When you don't hear your name called, that initial feeling, and I know it's hard for them, is that like, am I going to make it? Like nobody wants me. And the reality is sometimes not hearing your name called is the greatest fire you could ever have. And those are the moments that I actually lean into with players to remind them how great they will be and to not allow that to hold them back, but to attack it. So it's great when their name is called, but sometimes the work that I do is more important when it's not called. And everyone's got their path into the league. Everyone's got their own journey. And there are a lot of undrafted free agents who have phenomenal careers. And so while it's a little disappointing to not hear your name called on draft day, that's not the end. You can still have a great career. We recently had Levi Wallace on the show, who was a cornerback at Alabama, has a great story as a walk-on to the football team. He's about to go into year six in the league. And he thought his name was going to get called. And unfortunately, it didn't. And so he went in as an undrafted free agent. And he's doing great things. And that's like, as I mentioned, with Will Compton goes undrafted. He's a captain in Nebraska. He was their top 12 all-time leading tackler. Like he just figured I'm going to get drafted. He doesn't. He played nine years in the league, ended up being a captain of the Washington Redskins defense, taking him back for the first time to the playoffs in an over 10 year stint when they hadn't made it. So there's so many great stories that'll be written by the players. It's a great example. Absolutely. And shortly before this year's draft, you put out a video that was an open letter to players in the draft. I thought it was a fantastic, well done video. I would expect nothing less from you. And there were a few themes that I really liked that you honed in on. Let me share some of those and then we'll unpack them a little bit. So you open it up by saying, what will they say about how you play the game? And you continue on talking about not worrying about where you were drafted, but how you will choose to own the opportunity. We're going to come back to that phrase. You say, will you create a standard for yourself that will define what it looks like to be your best every day? The ball is in your hands. The story is yours to write. And I think that's so important, whether you're on the football field or not, all of those things apply to all of us. How are you going to play the game, whether it's football or something else in the business setting, if you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is. And it's not about how you started. It's about the journey and will you own the opportunity opportunity you've been given. And really the ball is in your hands. As I talk about with this move the ball movement, I like to tell people you are the quarterback and it's up to you to drive that ball forward. And so I think all of these things are really great, but the only opportunity I think is so important because when you really embrace and appreciate what you've been handed, whether it's football related or not, you have to own that. And it's up to you to really write that story and to perform at a standard that's going to help you to excel. So tell us a little bit more about why you did the video and why you hit on those things. I love these kids. You learn so much about these young men. They're really not kids, but I, I am old enough now that they seem like kids to me when you first meet them. But these young men, you meet them and you learn their stories. You learn what drives them. You learn their burn. And so sharing videos like that, because I, I want players who I've never even had the opportunity to work with to hear that because I want them to have that inspiration and hope. And remember, you are holding the ball in your hands and there's somebody in your family who maybe their little eyes are watching you and the example that are set. Or maybe there's a player and there's a lot of players that I connect with. I don't want to get personal with some of my individual relationships, but there's players who just like me lost a parent at a young age and that's what drives them to never waste a day. And so you want them to remember those things because that's what drives the standard, the connection to the burn. That's what drives the legacy piece the connection to that bigger purpose beyond them. And these players are blessed with a significant opportunity 
to have people watching them and to build platforms and to have significant voices where they can make an impact on and off the field. And I just want every single player, whether I worked with them or not, to own that opportunity that they have to live to the standard and go fight to make a difference. And you're someone who's a peak performance coach. So you're working with how do you take people who are performing already at a high level and kind of get that extra, right? That Delta to take them to that next level. And so when you look at some of the qualities, I want to get into some of the qualities of high performance in your perspective. One of the things that you talk about is this prize fighter day and we'll get into that, but you know that two of my seven degrees are from the university of Alabama. So I just want to share a quote that Mac Jones, who went to Bama was drafted first round 15th overall pick in the 2021 draft. He had said about this prize fighter mentality or this prize fighter days is that the prize fighter days prepare you to attack the big goals that you can create, which allows you to reach peak performance. So let's unpack that. What is a prize fighter day? So a prize fighter day is your ability to break down your life into the little decisions that it takes personally, professionally, and in your service to others to win one day at a time. And it's a concept that I've been teaching for over 15 years. A lot of people see all of this work from guys that I've worked with or autographs and things that they send me, and they think I only work in sports. I actually still to this day do more work in the corporate world than I do in the athletic world. And I got started corporately. I didn't do anything in sports my first five years of doing this work. But this prize fighter day has lived through our corporate work into our work in sports. And it still lives today as a way that Jen, myself, you listening, you can break down your days. Because a lot of coaches that do the work that I do, they say that balance doesn't exist. And I think that's a cop out because oftentimes the messenger lacks discipline. And when you choose to have discipline in all areas of your life. I'm not saying you're gonna spend the exact same amount of time, but to focus on the things that are important personally, focus on the things professionally or athletically, and then in your service to others, you can build a life by design and you can choose to win one day at a time because you understand the habits and disciplines I must choose to follow through with and attack in order to have that standard to win one day at a time. That's a prize fighter day. Well, I like that. And I really like a couple things in there. One, it's about the little things. It's not just about the big plays or the big things you're trying to attack every day. It's also about the little shifts, the little changes in your habits and practices and having the discipline to execute those consistently is really what helps you to win each and every day. And I think people lose sight of that sometimes. And they're always focusing on, I got to get to X, this big thing that's 50 yards down the road, instead of looking at how can I just move that inch or that yard or that five yards or 10 yards today and win this day. And then that incremental progress is what's going to get you to achieving the outcome that you're looking for. That's really what it takes. It's understanding. It's the little decisions and choices that you make. So you reference working with high performers. How do you take a high performer, get them to the next level? How do you take somebody who knows they can perform at a high level and they're actually falling a little bit short? Well, at some point in time, we have to have that accountability mirror, look ourselves in the mirror and say, how am I showing up every day? So I could ask everybody listening, what is the single most important daily discipline for you to know? And let's, let's just signal out what you, what you do for profession, whether it's athletics, whether it's you're in sales, whatever it is, you're in the military. So what is the one thing where you say professionally, if I do this every single day with great discipline and a relentless mindset, I will win long term? Like what's the single most important daily discipline? Once we identify that discipline, I then always love asking people the question, okay, you just wrote down the single most important daily discipline. Now let's look at the last 30 days. How would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in terms of you showing up and doing what you just wrote down as most important over the last 30 days? 
And Jen, there's a lot of people who are already having success, but they say, holy cow, I'm a seven right now. So I'm having success, but I'm choosing to not be as disciplined as I could be. If I actually did those things every day, I'd be a 10. And then what happens to my business? And so it's actually not being seduced by success, not being seduced by maybe a lack of discipline, right? Because you're getting some results and knowing I'm just going to show up one day at a time. And when you do that with discipline and a relentless mindset, that's how you experience growth. No matter whether you feel like you're behind or you're already driving success. I love that. And I love how you're talking about showing up every day. You've got a new book that's coming out here in August, August 1st, which we'll talk about. And I have my latest book called Dominate the Game, which released last November. The subtitle of that book was How Life Changes When You Show Up, because it's such a difference maker when you show up the right way and we do the things that you had just mentioned. And so my listeners know that as part of this move the ball movement, my signature phrase is suit up, show up and move the ball. You do a lot of work on the mindset mentality side, as well as other pieces. And one of the things that you had recently posted about was eight ways to be mentally strong, which is very important. That mental toughness is something you've got to have because life will push you, life will test you, and things aren't always going to go the way you want. And there were a few, I loved all eight points, but there were a few of them that I wanted to talk about a little bit more. The first one is you say, do one tough thing every morning. I love that because... As human beings, we need to feel like we've accomplished challenges. And if you do one hard thing to set out the day, then you're going to be motivated to continue to push yourself and get more things done. Would you agree? Or what are your thoughts there? I'm a firm believer that we have to keep ourselves uncomfortable in order to grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, and we all know this, right? Sometimes we got to be honest about it. We live in a world where many people tell us how great they want to be. But then when we have a conversation with their action, we find out how bad they really want it. So everybody says they want to be great. And so you have to make yourself uncomfortable. You have to have great discipline. You have to do things that cause you to experience some pain or maybe some discomfort if we're going to continue to grow. And a lot of times doing the things you need to do, getting in the workout, eating right, having great discipline. It's not easy to do those things, but it's critical for you to develop that mental toughness in order to identify and to attack what it looks like to be your best. Another thing that you identified in those eight things is to practice positive self-talk. I think this is one that people forget about. It's so important to have that. So give us a little bit more about what do you tell people when it comes to practicing positive self-talk? Oftentimes you find in the work that I do that what holds people back is their self-talk, right? It's this negative self-talk. I can't do it. It's not for me. Back to the player who doesn't get drafted. Nobody wants me right? A Will Compton, you could go back. Well, how did I not get drafted? And Will could have had a pity party and said, well, nobody wants me. I'm not going to make it. So forget about it. Instead, he flipped his mindset and said, I'm going to focus on what I can control. We actually built a prize fighter day. I'm not sharing anything private, but this goes all the way back to July of 2014. We built his first prize fighter day. And I asked him, what made you a captain at Nebraska? And he said, I did these things, one, two, three, four. And we just wrote them all down and said, well, what happened if you do those things now? I will become a linebacker with the Washington Redskins where he headed to his first training camp as an undrafted free agent. We know how the story unfolded. And so we have to remember that when you do those things, that's what causes you to have the success and be able to break through. And if you live to your negative self-talk, if you live to your feelings, you're never going to grow. But when you silence your feelings, you don't allow your feelings to dictate how you show up. You don't allow your self-talk to dictate your next decision. You allow your standards to dictate your decisions, you'll be able to power through the adversity for growth. 
And when it comes to self-talk, I'll tell people too to write down messages to themselves so that way they can come back and look at those messages when things aren't going their way and they're just having a rough day. We all have them. It happens. It's life. That'll help you to get back in that positive mindset to remind yourself that, hey, right now is a negative time, but yeah, I'm going to put myself back into, I am supposed to be this person. This is my standard. So I'm going to continue to push through whatever it is that I'm facing right now because I am more than that. And I deserve to be where I'm looking to go. The other point when it comes to mental toughness or being mentally strong that you talk about that I wanted to touch on is self-reflect daily. Give people what are some things they should be looking for or asking themselves as part of that self-reflection process. I'm going to just be direct here for (laughs) a minute. And this is not to impress anybody in any way, shape or form. I've been doing this work for over 18 years and I've been blessed and I've gotten lucky to work with some of the highest performers in the world, which has resulted in championships on fields in multiple sports as well as championships in boardrooms. So I've seen performance at the highest possible level. Believe it or not, I don't measure success in championship rings or in dollars on the bottom line. I think the most important thing that we can do is look ourselves in the mirror at the end of every single day, not a few days a week, not a few times a month, every day and say to yourself, did I give it my very best? And if you can stack days of honestly telling yourself, you don't need to tell Jen the answer. You don't need to tell me the answer, but you got to be honest with yourself. You can look in the mirror and say, today I gave it my very best. And you know what that is. Not operating at a six or a seven, like a nine and a half. The only perfection I know of is upstairs. But like we could get to a nine and a half or get really close to a 10. But if you can say, I gave it my very best every day, nobody can ever take that away from you. And you can never ask any more of yourself than your very best. And that's the act of self-reflection that I think is most important. And that's how you win. When you stack days of doing what it takes, doing what you say you're going to do, and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I gave it my very best. When you stack those days, the byproduct is winning at very high levels. Something else that you talk about is the importance of sticking to the process. People use the term trust the process a lot. Sometimes it can be difficult to stick to that process just because life does place demands on us that are uncomfortable, that are frustrating, that are heartbreaking. So what can, I mean, I think self-reflecting is an important part of that because if you're giving it your best, even if the outcomes of that day aren't always what you want it to, it's easier to continue to stick with your process. But what else should people be doing or how can they continue to stick to their process when things are a bit challenging for them? I'm going to rattle some cages here. I'm so glad you said trust the process. There's a chapter in the book, The Standard, which, as you mentioned, will release August the 1st. And one of the titles of the chapters is Don't Trust the Process. Now, let me explain this. Everybody says, trust the process. Jen, it's not enough. If you trust the process, but you don't attack the process, you will not achieve success at your highest level. So I kind of get a play to get people excited for the chapter. So yes, you have to trust the process, but trusting the process is not enough. Those are words. Oh, I trust the process. That's the same as telling you I want to be great. Really? Well, your action shows me that you don't. So yes, you have to embrace the process, trust the process, but that's not enough. If you don't attack the process, you will never achieve your highest level of success. You must attack it. And when your feelings get in the way, and this is positive or negative, right? Yesterday was so hard, I don't feel like doing it. You got to live to the standard and attack the process. You have to connect to your burn or the deep-rooted reason why or the reminder that somebody's little eyes are watching how you show up. You have to live to that standard. 
or yesterday was so great, I'm going to keep celebrating it today. Well, if today wasn't a designated vacation day, why in the world would you make it a vacation day? The reason why you experienced success yesterday is because you attacked the process at some day back there, which caused you to have that success. So embracing and trust is not enough. You better attack it every day, especially on the days after you win, but also on those days that you don't feel like doing it. In my book, Dominate the Game, I actually have a chapter called Trust the Process. So I'm glad you didn't just say, give it that whole thing <laughs> to your point. It's not just about placing trust in it. It's about attacking the day, attacking the process and really embracing it and being proactive, not just like, oh, it's, I'm trusting the process. It's going to well, and, and look, there's a wall. I love having fun with it. There's a wall up at, at Alabama that says trust the process. But I know what I've learned from Coach Saban in my work five years in two national championships at Alabama Every practice, when I heard him break down the team, he isn't just talking about trust. He's talking about attacking the process. Now, let's talk about your book, The Standard, that's coming out. Why did you want to write it? You've given us a little bit about what's included in it, but tell us a little more. Because nobody's written the book yet, which blew my mind. It is like this common buzzword, the standard is the standard. And and you hear a coach at the end of a press conference or at the end of a game, and that coach, she may say, like, we live to the standard, but nobody explains what it means. Mm -hmm. And so I've written the book that for the first time ever, it has never been written before, you will clearly understand what the standard is, what the standard isn't, and we're going to help you design and integrate what the standard means to you and how you can attack your life and live to your standard one day at a time. Oh, I love it. I love the title. I love the concept around it. As someone who does a lot of branding work with companies, it's really about how do you create a brand and position it that's going to attract the audience that you want. And I think that the things that you do, this book just aligns with that and it's going to bring so much value. So I can't wait to read it and I'll be looking forward to it coming out here in August. Thank where you. is it going to be? Is it going to be on your website, Amazon, I'm sure, but where can people? I don't do any sales from the website. So all of the sales will be in the traditional book outlets and the Amazons and the Barnes and Nobles and and all those regular book outlets. Something else that you had posted recently was champions create distance on Fridays. When I read that, it really made me think about something that I do a lot on this show, as well as in the corporate speaking engagements that I do, is I talk about this need to differentiate and separate yourself from the competition, whether that's in a business context or in terms of managing your own career. When it comes to you, Ben, and I mean, you've had incredible success and you've certainly created a powerful brand and have done amazing things. What are some of the things that you've done to separate yourself and differentiate your brand from others out there. One of the things, and once again, this is not to impress anybody, it's to impress upon the point. I've worked out over 1400 straight days. And that's not, I did 10 push-ups today. I have done a 45 minute workout every day. And I'm talking about pushing and straining myself, making myself uncomfortable for almost four straight years. And so that's one of the differentiators. When I walk in with Alabama, those guys know Ben's putting in his work. We can have a real conversation about discipline and attacking the process, right? Mm -hmm. It's not words. I don't look like I lack discipline. They know that I'm putting in the work. And I think that's critically important in my line of work that you actually are an example for what you're teaching. Because if you're not, your words will not be heard the same way. doesn't mean that you can't have a great message. It'll not be heard the same way. And I think that's why we've had the longevity and success that we've had in doing this, because we push to be the example. 
but I'm also coachable. I still have two coaches. I read books every day. That's a differentiator. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in this space, they've got it all figured out, right? I do books. I do speaking engagements. Everybody listens to me. I'm so far from figuring this thing out. I go to LA next week for a, a brand new mastermind that I'm starting that I'm a part of. It's not me throwing the mastermind. And we throw mastermind groups. Like I'm going to be part of one run by Erwin McManus, one of the top thought leaders and pastors in the world with 10 business leaders from around the world so that I can get better. And so I I think that's one of the other differentiators is I'm constantly working on me. I'm not walking into a room saying that I know it all. And and then I, I think one of the other differentiators is I've been doing this a long time. And there's a lot of people who last week they threw up on their bio on Instagram that they're a speaker, author, and a coach. The standard is my eighth book. I've been working in athletics for well over 10 years. I've just been doing this a long time. And that's a differentiator. A lot of people, they think that it's a fun career. I want to get into it. They don't last long, but this is my passion. This is my love. Serving others is what drives me every day. And I enjoy being in that fight. And you can hear that in just everything you've said today. This is something that you really are excited about and that you genuinely care about making an impact. And that's one of the reasons why I've loved seeing your content over the years and certainly wanted us to do the show together. Something else that you've got coming up here is you're going to do a boot camp, a peak performance boot camp to attack all areas of your life and achieve continual peak performance. It's going to be in October in Las Vegas. Tell us about that. So I started doing boot camps 15 years ago. The first ever boot camp, we had 10 people. Long story short, now we've had over a thousand people that have attended boot camps. They're always smaller type groups. We've done them in the Virgin Islands and the Dominican and Las Vegas, and we've done them all over. I haven't done one since 2016, just with a busy schedule and the different things and being on sidelines and travel. We haven't done one, and we are bringing boot camp back in the biggest possible way. The one in 16, we had Tyron Woodley when he was the UFC welterweight champion of the world, one of the Navy SEALs who took out bin Laden on that mission, and Jerry Rice. So I was like, well, maybe you can't do any bigger than that. We are doing it bigger than that. We have Ed Milet. We have Tim Grover. We have Justin Gatlin, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. All of these speakers intentionally chosen not to just come speak and entertain, but to attack every area of your life holistically, from your well-being to your health, to your financials, to your marketing and your branding, to your planning, every area of your life. And we also have some amazing events planned. I'm talking about amazing events, things that people have never done with Ed Milet, things that people have never done with Tim Grover. And so it's going to be an amazing experience. And there's details right on the website bennewman.net, which I know you mentioned, you'll be sharing those details, which I appreciate. Perfect. Yeah, it will be in our show notes so people can sign up for your boot camp and also you know, just check out all the other great things that you're doing as well. Ben, we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do some fun things as part of my two-minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Ben, we are back. Are you ready to have some fun questions thrown at you as part of my two-minute drill? 
Hey, as much work as I do in football, you know I'm down for locking in for the two-minute drill. All right, here we go. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Toughness, legacy, and discipline. Great three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I love to cook. Ooh, what is your go-to thing? <laughs> well, recently from my son, he's taught me how to do steaks, actually sauteing a steak and what he calls a reverse sear. And so he taught me how to do that. And it has taken my steak game to a whole nother level. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why? I think I'd probably rather be the world champion of my sport. I've been able to win championships in both, but I think being the world champion in the sport, I think actually builds a foundation for you to then go become a CEO. I think it gives you the platform to actually be able to do both if done correctly. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? So I'm currently reading, I'm going to give him a shout out because it's sitting right here on my, on my desk. It's called Amplify Your Influence by my buddy, Renee Rodriguez. Unbelievable book. So Amplify Your Influence. I love it. I told you guys, I'm always reading and always studying. Incredible book. And my go-to podcasts are Real AF with Andy Frisella and, of course, Ed Milet and John Gordon. Anything with those three guys is stuff I'm listening to. Yeah, those three guys are amazing. And we will also put Renee's book, a link in the show notes, too, so people can check it out. I asked that question because I really, for me, it's about giving people other tools and resources and great content that they can learn and grow from. So Renee's book will be in the show notes for those that are interested in checking it out as well. Make sure to tag Renee then. He will appreciate it. He will love it. He's such a giving, loving guy. I can't wait for him to see that. Perfect. We'll definitely do that. Next question is, if you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Thunderstruck. Okay, good one. Next question. What would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? I would love to go play in the NFL. I mean, as much as I've learned, as much passion as I see these guys play with, like if they would take me at 44, heck, Brady was doing it at 44. Give me some pads. I stay in pretty good shape. Let me transition. You're telling me I would be successful at it. Let me play some middle linebacker. Let me see the field. Let me attack the ball, make some hits. I don't know how long I'm going to last, but I'd have a hell of a time doing it. Sounds like a fun choice to make. Now, the next question is, you have 24 hours and a private plan that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? Oh, man. Well, since you didn't frame it this way, I'm going to heaven to go see my mom to give you the real answer. Oh, that's a fantastic answer. And the bonus question is M&Ms, plain or peanut? Oh, plain. Oh, interesting. Most people say peanut, so good to plain. know. Plain. <laughs> All right. Next time I see you, I'll make sure to have some plain M&Ms for you. Thank you so much. So lastly, as we look to close the show, Ben, you also have a podcast too. It's called The Burn Podcast. I mentioned earlier, I do a lot of branding work with companies. And I like to ask people, I mean, choosing to name a podcast is an important thing because it's going to be attached to your brand and it's part of your portfolio, right? So why did you choose The Burn as the name? So Drew Hanlon, who's one of the, or really is the top NBA skills trainer in the world. He's one of my two coaches. We actually help each other. It's kind of an iron sharpens iron relationship. Years ago, about four years ago, because we're about four seasons deep now at the burn, we were sitting in LA and he's like, you need to start a podcast. Drew, I don't have time. I don't have time. Like, no, you need to start a podcast. I don't have time, Drew. Stop talking to me about a podcast. He's like, no, no, stop giving me excuses. What's the name of the podcast? When are you starting it? I'm like, man, I don't, okay, what are you going to be known for, Ben? I don't want to have this conversation, Drew. What are you going to be known for? And I gave him like this dissertation of an answer. He goes, you're the only person in the world talking about the burn. He said, everybody talks about why and they talk about purpose, which those things are so important, but it's not enough. He said, you've identified that there's an underlying burn that ignites why and purpose that then causes people to be disciplined. 
You come up with the burn. You call that the name of your podcast and you watch. You will be known as the guy who talks about the burn. And here we are four years later. And, you know, people come up like, I love your burn podcast, like that burn concept. And Drew was right. And so I, I share that to say that's where it came from. It was Drew. It was not me. But I think the beauty of that story speaks to what I shared earlier, which is I'm coachable. I don't have it figured out. I've got excuses when I'm too busy and I can't do things. Yet I have people in my life who push me, challenge me, make me uncomfortable. And here we are four seasons later and people now know me for the burn. Oh, I love it. And we'll also have a link to the burn in our show notes too, because you do a fantastic job with the show. The last question that I have for you, Ben, is that you also have a family. So you're married, have two children and you're so busy. You're always on the road. You're doing great things in your career. How do you balance the family and integrate all of that into your life as well as all the great things you're doing professionally? So years ago, we, we made a decision that became a philosophical part of the company, which is to honor the brand and get paid to say no, meaning I needed to get help. So now we've got 16 coaches. There's 25 speakers that are part of a speakers bureau. So we have BNC speakers. We have BNC coaching. We have BNC publishing. We have legacy media. We've built all these other outlets that give me the ability to do the things that I want to do, leverage away other opportunities to still have impact, and it actually keeps me home more. Oh, I think that's great. And you mentioned being able to say no. I think that's very important for people that are in their own business. There's a tendency to say yes to everything because, oh my goodness, there's an opportunity to get paid. So let me say yes to this and that. And I think people need to really be disciplined and think about, well, if I say yes to this, what is that at the expense of, right? It's not always about saying yes and having that courage to say no to things when it doesn't feel right and it's just not the right time. Or do it better. Jen, it might be somebody better. I mean, there might be somebody on the team where somebody goes, can you deliver this message? And I'll say, well, I can, but, you know, I think Sean O'Brien will do it way better than I could, right? And then you you leverage to Sean because he's actually a better fit for the message. Yeah, so I think that's great that you bring up being able to say no. So as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners, Ben, and let people know, we already talked about your website. Where are you at on social media so people can follow you? At Continued Fight Instagram is probably where I spend the most time. You know, there's Twitter and all the other accounts, but at Continued Fight on Instagram. And I'll leave you with this. It's the greatest life lesson I've ever learned. I learned it from my mom who passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday. That's my burn. That's my fire. That's my passion that ignites that why and purpose. And my mother taught me it's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. So choose to be the individual who lives with great discipline and lives to that standard. Don't just tell people how great you want to be. Oh, I love that. Very powerful words. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Ben. It's been a true pleasure having you on. Jen, thank you so much. I appreciate you and how you show up and everything that you do. Well, thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. And we will catch you next time. Once again, if you haven't already done so, hit that follow button so that you're always in the know and you know when a new episode is coming out. Also, be sure to share the show with some friends too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks again for listening and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.